You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to this week's episode, everybody. Um, and this week it's a happy Mac because my M1 has returned. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, my experience of having my uh, Mac sent off to the Czech Republic to be repaired. Um, and I'm joined. I'm joined by Nick. Hello, Nick. Hi, Simon. Uh, and just to make uh, yeah, the beginning of the program perfect, the sun's just come out. Oh, that's nice. It's it's grey and damp and quite chilly here, actually, for the first oh, right. of August. Oh, right. Birmingham's got a bit of sun, so there you go. There you go. Well, maybe it will make its way here in a, you know, in a while. <laughs> in a few uh, hours, yes. <laughs> indeed. There we are. Um, so, uh, the biggest stories of the week. Uh, one, as far as I'm concerned, is my MacBook Air, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um and Apple had their earnings call, of course, um, where they announced a record revenue of eighty-one point four billion U.S. dollars. Um, Goodness gracious! Yes, uh, the numbers are becoming, you know, um, well, they're just becoming beyond comprehension, aren't they? Um, they 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 predict they are. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's just such a lot of money. It's, it's there. Um, we go. Unbelievable amounts of money. Um. So I've got uh I've got a link here to uh Apple Insider notes of interest. So um the highlights are apparently um eighty one point four billion revenue, um a year on year growth of thirty six point three percent, which is you know just crazy it's bonkers, really. bonkers yes. growth. Um, considering uh, we've been in a pandemic and everything, it doesn't seem to have affected them in the slightest. No, it? if anything, it's given them a huge boost. Um, iPhone sales were thirty nine point six billion for the quarter. Don't don't forget these figures are for a quarter. Um, an increase of fifty two percent over Q three twenty twenty, and wow. iPad revenue up twelve percent. Um, and Mac sales grew by sixteen percent. So, um, uh, services were up by 33%, and wearables, home, and accessories rose 36%. So, a um, lot of people flashing the cash. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard various people talking about possible reasons for this. I mean, in the US, they're talking about stimulus checks. Um, other people have, have suggested that, you know, obviously the pandemic and people being at home has encouraged people to, uh, you know, upgrade their kit, which I can yeah. totally see. Um, yes. And the other thing, sense. you know, uh, uh, the other thing that a lot of people have put forward as a, a reason is, in you know, after a while in the pandemic, when you realise you're not spending all this money going commuting and... Um, you know, yes, buying you, you buying lunch from a sandwich shop and all the rest. That's but, right, and you uh, don't dare going. You don't dare going on holiday. So yeah, you're exactly, not spending money on that either. There's a whole yeah. load of things people are not spending money on, and maybe they're redirecting some of that into. Well, you know, normally I might have to think about this, but actually I've got a bit of spare cash, as it were. Um, 
There we are. Could be. But could be a combination of all those things. It could indeed. Um, unparalleled third quarter. Um, apparently, earnings for a historically slow quarter is fractionally less than the revenue for the holiday quarter of 2018. Quarterly um, mm-hmm. profit is the third of, third highest for all time, behind only the first and second quarters of 2021. So they're just making all the money. Uh, massively outstripping predictions. Neil Seibart apparently predicted 80.4 billion, so it was only 1 billion out, um, considering apparently the consensus was uh, less than 73 billion. So. And hence the stock fell. Yeah, I've never yes. quite understood that, but there we go. No, well, <laughs> I'll never understand the stock market. Uh, <laughs> it's, the, it's the thing. Linda will explain it to us yet again. Yes, I'm sure she will. When we're on Bart's show, but... Um, as I understand yes, it, it, appears, it appears we're both on Bot Show again this year. Yes, it's, uh, we are indeed. It's, the thing is, as Linda tends to say, it's all about possible growth. So the higher yeah. you go, the you know stock buyers are, mm, well, can it keep growing? If we don't think so, it's going to go down. So people sell, yes. take their profits, I think. That's the... Um, yeah, it didn't fall far, in all honesty. Hmm. <laughs> But uh, it did fall a little. There we are. So, um, blah, 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 lots of other stuff. Um, what's one of the other main points? Oh, um, I believe Tim Cook said that 75% of Apple Watch sales were to people new to the platform, which is... Uh, That's amazing. Amazing. Um, I guess the Apple Watch, you know, is just becoming more and more popular. I must admit, I see more and more of them. It's no lo- I know, yeah. you know, it's no longer a, a like, oh, look, somebody with an Apple Watch when I see one. Um, in, all, in all honesty, you don't, I mean, they don't advertise other watches very much. I'm just trying to think of the last advert I watched for a, a non-Apple watch, and I can't think of any. No. So, so not surprisingly, people are buying Apple watches because there isn't a lot of choice out there. I mean, I think there is choice out there, but it's not it's not in their face. No. And therefore, then they're, they're not buying them. I. Yeah. And it, it, it it's a clever piece of kit, without a doubt. Yeah, and it's you know it's not obscenely expensive. To be fair, um, particularly well, it, be, well, it depends on the on what type of watches you used to buy. Well, <laughs> yeah, you, that's true. Ones. If you you know like me, you need to buy sort of ten dollars, twenty five quid, yeah, twenty five quid, ten twenty five quid for a watch. But um, yeah, you know, for what it is, it's it's and you, it's a computer on your wrist. So indeed, yeah, you've got to expect and you can pay a bit for it. You know, you can buy a. You can buy like the, the the SE, the Apple Watch SE, which obviously doesn't have all of the bells and whistles. Like it doesn't have the always no, on, right. doesn't have the always on screen, and and so so on. I'd love to, I'd love to know what the uh, what the profit margins are on the uh, on the watch because I'm guessing it's quite high. I should yourself. think it's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, mm. um, Apple traditionally like to aim at forty percent, I believe. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not more than that. I would say it's probably more than that. Once you what? Once you've uh, once you've got most of the uh, the manufacture sorted out, um, you just sell them. I mean, <laughs> it's it's only a matter of getting the tooling and everything right and the, and everything to make them. Yeah, and and I know they do improve it every time. I mean, the fact is, I hardly ever watch. Uh, I've, I went from a, not wearing a watch at all to wearing an Apple Watch to not wearing a watch again. <laughs> yeah, once I retired, I didn't see the point in wearing my watch uh, anymore. So uh, so it, yeah. So if anyone wants a Series 2 Apple Watch, <laughs> I have one. 
which I haven't sold yet. Well, yep. There we go. Ah, uh, I'm not sure anyone would. I'm not sure anyone would want the series two now because the three had so much more, and I think it's probably about the same price. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, obviously, it won't take the newest things, but it's a good starter if you wanted to give it dip your yeah. toe in the water and have a you know have a try. Indeed. See what you think of it without, you know, going the whole hog, as it were. Um, well, I bought it. I bought it secondhand. I bought it from someone at work who was uh, who was getting rid of it, and they were asking yeah. a reasonable price. So, I mean, I bought my first one, my Series Zero. I bought secondhand about a year after they. I think I bought it when the Series Ones and Twos launched because I got right. it from somebody who was like, I bought it and it was great, but I'm going to get, a, you know, I'm going to buy the Series Two or whatever. Um, my wife's. Series 3 was second-hand. Um, you know, I, I did buy my Series 3 brand new, but um, that was only because I couldn't find a second-hand one that I wanted at the time because I, you know, was particular about which one I wanted. So, But I, I picked mine up when it was... Um, it was reduced. It was a sort of knock down by 50 quid yes, for yeah. pre-Christmas or something as a because it was the and bottom of the line and so on. So, And I wasn't prepared to oh, pay. I've just, uh, I've just read in this article that half of purchasers of Mac and iPad were also new to the product. Yeah. These, they seem very big numbers. but um, Yeah. It's amazing that they, they're still finding lots of new people to buy them. <laughs> well, of course, the lots, thing is the, of... the Mac... Particularly less less so, I guess. Well, depending on which part of the world you're looking at, but the Mac doesn't have, still doesn't have massive market penetration. It's no, I think it's running at fifteen percent or something. Might be a bit higher than that now, but yes, it's. I mean, it's the smallest part of their. It's the smallest part of their revenue, um, anyway, isn't it? But that, I mean, that's still an awful lot of Macs. But uh, well, that just proves but, yeah. that you know people are people are still being drawn via their iPads and their um... yeah. I still think an awful lot of people are buy them for their homes. They might use PCs. I mean, you hear people say it quite often, don't you? Oh, I use a PC at work, but I've got a Mac at home. Oh yeah, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Um, there we are. So that's that. That's that. So yeah, Apple made all the money again. Um, so uh, we'll move on. So uh, my MacBook Air um, experience. Um, Ray, it Ray, returned. It returned. Yes, and it was gone about a week. I think. A bit less than a week. I can't remember the call exactly now. Um, as I said last week, you know, I spoke to Apple. They sent me a box. Uh, I put the machine in the box following their instructions. And UPS collected it the same day and took it away. Um, that was the Friday. So I, I don't I don't suppose um, it was probably in the Czech Republic and on the bench maybe Monday. Um, I got an email saying we've received your Mac and it's going to be looked at. Um, then I got a message saying your Mac has been repaired and is on its way back to you. Um, and it arrived here, I think, Thursday, if I recall. Um, it came with a note saying, um, unable to reproduce the problem, which was interesting. But the SSD had been wiped and a clean install of the Mac OS had been put on it. So um, I'm guessing that actually... They didn't do nothing. They pressed the power button and nothing happened. And then they connected to it, you know, and re-imaged the hard drive with a clean install. Um, and then everything was fine. And then, of course, it's not going to do the same thing again. Highly <laughs> unlikely. So um, 
yeah, they did yeah. fix it, but I think they fixed it by connecting to it, you know, with whatever they used to connect to it and re-imaging the, the SSD. Um, and then it said, past all um, hardware diagnostics and um, other quality checks. So it's back, it's back. Um, It'll be interesting to see if further down the line there isn't a... It, if you're the only one, you know, or yeah. or if there's a or if there is a general fault, and uh, it'll come to light eventually. And, uh... I'm certainly not the only one because when I searched it, there were quite a lot of people, you know, not hundreds and hundreds, but quite a lot of people mentioning that they'd had this problem. Um, so as a result of that, um, I opened it. It, it opened up into the you know set up your Mac, um, where I made the uh, the foolish mistake that i do every time which is creating a my standard user account um first and then realizing that i wanted to do migration assistant which in the past has resulted in me normally having to create another user account yeah Yeah. create another user account remove my original user account and then use system migrate to uh bring back my stuff from my backup but i did notice this time that the uh the migration assistant, I'm not sure if this is new, but it was like, there's already a user account on this machine with the same name. Would you like to replace it with the one from backup? Um, oh, oh because, no, I don't think I've seen that before. No, um, because before, if you weren't careful, you would end up with two user accounts and it would be like, you know, your account one yes, I, and your account I, two. I've also... Yes, I've also struggled with the same thing in the past. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the migration assistant came up, and and when I said I want to import this user account from backup um, from the clone, um, it said there's already a user account. Do you wish to replace it with the one from backup? Which was nice. Um, mm. So I mean, the, the things of point um, I got from doing that is. Uh, one, I had to remember to go into the system startup options and reduce the system integrity protection down to reduced so that um, all the stuff that wants extensions would work. Oh, um, yes. Uh, and then uh, once you've done that and migrated your account, you get a big flurry of trips to system pref security to approve all those uh, <laughs> yeah, all those extensions and remembering not to hit restart every time it offers it to you. Do all of them and then... <laughs> or as many as you can in one go, <laughs> and then do a restart and get them all working. Um, it's just like the hokey-cokey. <laughs> it is, yeah. And I, I, one thing I did find is you have to enter your iCloud account password what feels like an inordinate number of times before yeah, you, you do. before yeah. you can get LastPass or Bitwarden or Keychain to um, do it for you. Um, and uh, I can tell you that... Um, when you're forced to type in your 20-digit character string by looking at passwords on your iPhone (laughs) and trying to type it in for about the 12th or 15th time gets very boring very quickly because until you're logged into iCloud, of course, properly, um, you can't use handoff to copy and paste it from your from your phone and then onto the onto the mac but um no that's right i find i'm using that a lot these days hand yeah. off is just such a useful thing to have it is um cut and paste uh, from one device from, to another well yeah while i've been at my brother's i've had my ipad and my iphone and, and there's been a number of occasions where I've, i wanted something on the ipad that i'd got the app on the iphone but not on the 
quite bad. It was just so easy just to send it from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah. What well, a really good feature that even though it's not something you may use that often, when you do need it, it's just such a useful thing. To it have. is. It's incredibly useful. I actually use cut and paste from one to the other all the time. I, I yeah. use it a lot. And me. Um, and the other thing I found, uh, although, you know, or should I say I didn't find it because I knew it, but it just made it a lot clearer to me when you're doing that, that what a blessing iCloud and, and Dropbox and OneDrive and all those kind of um, yeah. remote storage services are because uh, once I'd got them all, you know, approved and running and logged in, uh, all the stuff just magically comes back. You know, all your passwords <laughs> come back, all your yeah. stuff is there i mean i was really glad glad of all those cloud storage things last week obviously when i you know was using my old machine because i could get access to all the files by logging yes. into all of those various um services so that, that was one good. of that one of the blessings of being in this age is uh, is setting up stuff and it then just sort of sucking in all the necessary stuff from elsewhere oh yeah you yeah. know and it's just um, so good so like all my apps, you know, have come back uh, uh, with all their, um, you know, they're all approved and, you know, they're not going, please enter your, you know. Because uh, it's, not, it's not that long, it's not that long ago when you were setting up your computer, then you'd have to go in and reset a password on almost everything inside. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't and, remember what password you'd use. And enter, yeah, exactly. And enter all your, you know, enter all your keys, all your, you know, yeah. all that. No, it, it just pulls all that in. So... It, it took, I don't know. I mean, if I if I ignore the time it actually took to do the migration, which is not a fair thing to criticise because my backup is, you know, is on a, an old USB 2 binning drive. So that's... Right. Yeah, you know, so that's a bit you on just, the slow side. You just set it going and leave it, you know. You just set it going and leave it. But even that wasn't that long. I think it took about two, two and a half hours to bring everything in. Um. It's never it's never that bad if you've got something else to do. <laughs> no, I just set it I just set it going and as you say, yeah. Just set it going you have to keep thing okay every thirty seconds, you're okay. Yeah. And um so that's what it did. Obviously, um couldn't although I have a clone of, you know, the drive as it was, I couldn't use Carbon Copy Cloner to clone that back directly because the M one doesn't like starting from um external drive externals and uh, you know apparently even even external drives you know reliably you need a thunderbolt 3 drive to do that so yeah, yeah. um although it, my my drive will show up if you if you do the startup options it shows up as a startup drive but it won't actually boot from it it just falls back right. to the internal drive but anyway migration assistant brings all the things you need thankfully so that was all good so now all back and working again thankfully um fingers crossed it doesn't happen again um yes i hope not i hope not too um another slightly concerning story here from nine to five mac but i've seen it elsewhere m1 macbook screen cracks occurring during normal usage allegedly um, mm. um and they've got a list here of people who are saying oh like you know i shut my shut my lid and went away and when i came back it was cracked um and so on and at the moment apple tend to be treating that as um you know accidental damage so they're charging people um right 570 pounds up front in order for them to repair it yeah mm, uh, a lot of people saying that you know uh came home and opened it and it was cracked uh and so on 
I mean, yes, you do have to be careful that there's nothing on the between the screen and the keyboard. Wouldn't take much to crack it, I'll be honest. But um, seems a little disconcerting. Although, yeah, it's it, hard to tell, though, isn't it? I it mean, is hard it, to tell. And the other thing is, they've always they've always felt. And whenever I've had laptops from Apple, that, that even though the screens are very thin, they don't they don't feel flimsy in no. any way. And at least t- that's not my experience no. anyway. And on you know my um, I think Alistair mentioned it in the in in the Slack room. Um, the the current MacBook Air M ones are, are physically basically um not really any different to the previous ones. Yes, yes. In which case, you would have expected them to have cracks as well, wouldn't you? No. Yeah. Um, unless they've done something with the screen or whatever. But as far as I can tell, physically, they're pretty much the same as the. They didn't do a great big, you know, big new redesign. They just said here's one with an M1 in it. So. Um... Different people treat. I mean, I'm not saying these people are disingenuous because they might have very valid reasons, and and they might be absolutely right. Uh, they yeah. might just have a faulty screen and whatever, but. Uh, my niece seems to be able to damage her iPhone every time I speak to her. She's done something else to it. Yeah. She's got a cracked screen, or a, um, a, 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 a. I think it's partly because they've grown up with them. You know, they just sort of don't tend to treat them carefully, and and of course, you know, they do break. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, so yeah, it uh, it might be. It might be a storm in a, tea, a teacup, or yet again, it could be something that Apple will have to do a recall on at some point. Yeah, it's not like Apple haven't had to do it before because they have, haven't they? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, could, we shall uh, see if it becomes a bigger story. If it becomes a bigger story, I mean, it could it could be anything. It could be a bad batch of glass. Could be you know, um, could be anything. Who can say? It must be annoying for those people. It's happening to. Well, of course, it's like all these things. I mean, yeah, talking of things which they kind of denied and then went back on was people who were suffering from the screen delamination thing, where the, it was going all oh, yeah. weird That's and, right. you know, the coatings were delaminating. And for ages, they were kind of, no, no, it's, a you know, nothing to do with us. And then eventually they went, okay, fine. There's enough of you complaining about it. It's obviously a real problem. Um, and we'll we'll deal with it. And they issued a kind of extended warranty recall and um, most ref- of these, refunded most of these people co- who'd already paid for it. Most of these quotes that they've got in this story from 9to5Mac seem to be that people were doing something to it at the time. So it's not, it, I know when it says it broke for no reason, but quite a lot of them are saying they opened or closed. And I, don't get me wrong, you should be able to open and close it without any problems. Yeah. But it, most of the stories seem to be about them doing something to the Mac mm. at the time. So they're either opening or closing or tweaking or twisting or adjusting. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's broken at that point. The one, the, yeah. I mean, the one thing I'm, and I'm not saying, I mean, and this, you know, it shouldn't cause an issue, no. but I'm, I try and be careful to when I do adjust my screen or open it or whatever, I do it from the center point where the yes. cutout is, you know. Don't, yeah, so would I. Don't try well, and do it by the... Perhaps some people don't. Perhaps people, some people think that it doesn't matter if you pick up the thing by the corner. By screen. <laughs> yeah, that's not I a don't good, know. good idea. And, you know, I, I don't open it or I, I try not to, you know, if I need to adjust the screen, I'll reach to the centre of the screen. I, I won't push it by the corner, although... You know, should be sturdy enough to stand there. Obviously, there's no. It, it should. It should be. It should be. But yeah, likewise, I something that thin. 
from past experience. <laughs> I think that's it, isn't it? It's past experience. Picking up something that thin and twisting it, giving it's, it, you know, a torsion across the centre of the screen is just not a good idea. Not a good idea, no. Um, oh, well, as I say, perhaps um, perhaps it'll become a bigger story and, and Apple will have to recall them at some point. Or perhaps it's just, a, as you say, a bad batch. We'll see. Uh, yeah, and, you know, yeah, if it's happened to you, of course, it's exceedingly... Same with your... Uh... Yeah, yeah, same with your uh, your your machine and, and and the problems with that. It could be it could be there's something um, deeper underneath that they'll come up, they'll work out later on, or who knows? Who knows? Um, and uh, going back to my machine, yeah, um, I've got a link here from the Mac Observer. Uh, how to reset an M1 uh, Max SMC because um, you know traditionally, if you've got problems with your Mac in one way or another, as well as zapping the pram slash nv ram and um so on a common uh troubleshooting tip is to reset the smc which has a whole variety of ways to be done depending on the model of mac that you have um apparently on the m1 mac every time you reboot the machine the smc is reset so Oh, oh which, that's something new I didn't know. No, um, this has come to light. I think I, somebody mentioned it on a on another show that I was listening to. But whether this has recently come to light or Apple have mentioned it because people have kind of said, "How do I reset the SMC?" It's like you don't need to do that because every time you boot the machine, the SMC is reset. So a, a lot of these, a lot of these things sort of get changed, you know, in an update. And because we don't go through every single thing that gets updated, because that'd be boring. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit like some of these YouTube, you know, 15 million things that Apple changed in the last update. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, you know, oh, oh, that icon's a slightly different shade of green. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sort of stuff. You know, such and such um, has got, a, you know, it's the corner radius was reduced by one pixel. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's right. But when, uh, before we started, we, I was talking about, uh, I was at my brother's and I tried to log on to his Wi-Fi network and he's got a new Wi-Fi, uh, you know, a new provider. And um, he got a notification on his iPad that I was trying to log in. And, and it said, you know, do you want to let this guy log in? And it said, he, all he had to do was say yes. And it automatically sent the password to my iPhone. Mm. So I didn't see the password. I just suddenly I was in. Yeah. And I thought, oh, interesting. No, that's new. I didn't know. I've not seen that no, before. No, I've not seen that. I've seen the... So if any of our listeners have heard of that before, perhaps you could put it in the Slack or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Was added, I mean, I've had the um, had the thing before, like where you set up an iPad and it will just say, bring your iPhone within range of the iPad and all the all yes, those sort of right. things will be yeah, transferred. I remember those, but, uh, but I've not come across this... Um, because I don't have people in my home very often uh, who need to use my Wi-Fi. No. Um, well, as I, I, I've, I've not come not come across it. So. No, nor have I. And um, as I said before the show to you, Nick, not only do I not have a huge number of people visiting my house, but most of the people who do visit my house um, will just pick up my Wi-Fi automatically because at some point or other they've you know they've already I've, logged in. I've logged them in. Yeah, I don't think it, it wouldn't have happened in. had they st- had they got their previous provider. But no. they'd change to, uh, change, they'd change but that's, to Sky. That's yeah. interesting. Um, hmm. I, I, of course, it might be uh, partially related to the provider. It might be something that Sky allows. Oh, it could be. Which it is also be. a possibility. But anyway, it's different. Anyway. Not not come across <laughs> that before. Um, no. What else have we had? Uh, Apple released a load of updates for, you know, all their devices. Um, 
which was, I believe, 11.5.1, I think, and uh, 14.7.1 for the uh, iOS with bug fixes and security updates. Um, there you I'm go. 14.1.1. I'm obviously a little bit behind. Mm. Uh what device are you oh, that's on? Safari. Sorry, that's Safari. No, I'm that's Safari, at. yeah. No. I wanted about this Mac, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. The latest version is 11. 11.4. 5, oh, 11.4. Yeah, the latest yeah. one is 11.5.1. Oh, okay. I, I'll let it update itself at some point. Yep, you should do, really, because there were a lot of, a lot of security updates in the last few. Um, yeah. Something um, to do once we've uh, finished. Yeah, <laughs> I won't do it while we're, while we're no. Talking. Don't do it now. Don't do it now. Take about an hour and a half, I think, usually. Um, so there, uh, more updates, and uh, I think Apple stopped signing iOS fourteen point six. So you know, you can't go. You can't go back. There's no going back. Um, <laughs> this one I'm going to mention not because it's of fabulous interest. Um, and if you're outside the UK, probably of no interest whatsoever. But the Radio Times um, had an article, how can I watch Apple TV Plus on my television? Um, You know, and how much does it cost? Uh, The reason I found this interesting is um, obviously... You know, the Radio Times is the one of the biggest and longest established TV um, and radio uh, programming, you know, guides. Um, yeah, it's unusual for them to do a, another. They're almost it's almost like advertising another channel, isn't it? Well, I mean, I, I believe they. I haven't bought the Radio Times in ages, or even looked at um, what's on. But they do now cover what's on, or you know, all the main Most streaming services. Yeah. Um, they do. I mean, you know, they started covering Sky many years ago, and now I'm looking at this. They do Disney, Netflix, Sky Box sets, now BritBox, Amazon Prime Video, Apple TV Plus, UK TV Plus, uh, TV Play, sorry, and Acorn TV. Um, which oh, there you go. Really... That shows just how long ago that I was, <laughs> I saw Radio Times. Indeed. Um, and yeah. the TV guide on TV now, on TV tonight. Anyway, I thought that was interesting because that's a very mainstream, non-tech publication. Um, yeah. And I found it quite interesting that they, you know, have had an article, how much, you know, how do I get Apple TV Plus? How much does Apple TV cost plus? How do I get it on my app and, you know, devices? Um, and they mentioned Samsung and uh, you know a listing. They've got a list of notable um, programs on Apple TV. So yeah, I found that more interesting for the fact that such a mainstream publication was giving Apple a big promo. Really? Yeah, that is unusual. Uh, uh, iPhone 13 and redesigned MacBook Pro chip production hit with a gas contamination problem. Um. Apparently, uh, the TSMC factory, which manufactures Apple chips for next generation iPhone and Mac, has been hit by gas contamination, um, according to Nikkei Asia, which I assume is a news outlet. Um, The factory known as Fab18 is its most advanced chip-making facility, and TSMC is Apple's sole chip supplier. Um, Industry sources said that the processes for Apple upcoming uh, iPhone and Mac devices are produced here. Um, Gas used in the production of these chips was found to be contaminated on Thursday night. 
Some TSMC production lines in South Taiwan Science Park received a certain gases from suppliers which were believed to be contaminated. These were quickly replaced with other gas supplies. Some employees who had gone home were called back to the factory to bring the situation under control. Um, The company said it is carrying out a follow-up operation to ensure that product quality is not affected and the incident is not believed to have caused a significant impact on operations. Um, and then a bit about this is a particularly bad time for Apple. Well, no, it isn't because if TSMC say no major product project, you know, production um, disruption was incurred, it just uh, it doesn't mention what the gas is or what it might have been contaminated with. Um, I'm no expert, and maybe some listeners know better, but I would not be surprised if it's some kind of inert gas. Um, because obviously if you're making two nanometer, or no, sorry, five nanometer uh, dyes, I'm pretty sure you need a very controlled um, atmosphere. Somebody oh, said yeah. on a, somebody Absolutely. said on a podcast I was listening to that oxygen would be a very bad thing to have in the um, in the production, no doubt, because it would oxidize things um, while you're trying to make tiny, tiny, tiny little um, circuits. But there we go. That's that's that. Not was, a huge I, amount of detail. I was watching. Um, I was watching. Uh, talking about gases and things. I was watching something earlier today. Um, there's a quite a good YouTube channel. Now let me see if I can remember what it's called. Um, Just have a think. It's called, and he's he's a Brit. Um, uh, but he, he talks quite a lot about renewable energy and uh, electric power and. Um, manufacturing and things like that um and he's, he actually does very good um roundups of of sort of the state of play of where we are with batteries and things and he was talking about um uh, iron air batteries um which i've not heard of before and and apparently it, it you basically you apply a current at one side and when you're charging it no it's the other way around when it's when it's discharging what it's actually doing is creating it's oxidizing the iron um so basically it's going rusty yes <laughs> and then when you apply a charge at the other side it unrusts it <laughs> and i thought oh that's unusual and he was just saying it's a new a new and experimental um en- uh, large any energy source he said these batteries would be about the size of a, a washing machine uh, and it would be for grid storage and that kind of thing okay um i thought how interesting that was he, uh, yeah. so yeah i recommend that YouTube, uh, just have a think. It's called. I did. I did read um, something in the week about you know new iron technology might you know help solve battery problem or battery cost problems. Um, yes. So it, it, he's 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 well worth listening to because he's quite thorough in the way that he researches it and uh, you know he puts but the the fors and against and all that sort of stuff. So excellent. Because the, yeah, the article I read was a bit vague and I I kind of put it in the you know I put it in the drawer with all the other fabulous new battery technology might um you know change the world <laughs> yes. and they're all a bit like yeah they might and they might not. Um, interesting yeah. to hear that's mostly I'm, aimed at sadly. Go on, Karen. I was going to say that it's interesting that that's mostly aimed at like you know large scale because obviously you yeah. know lithium iron or any of the other technologies that we use for that sort of thing are expensive. Um, yeah, that's even, right. And even... the fact the fact is we need we need grid storage if we're going to yes. if we're going to get any, anywhere near being able to sort of balance out the grid over over the day, particularly at night time. We're going to need grid storage. So yes, this is quite quite an important area of research. And really. of course, you know, if if you could do it with something, you know, with iron, um, 
Iron is relatively cheap. Yeah. <laughs> iron is cheap and plentiful, you know. Yes. Um, and it rusts very readily. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes. But the main thing is, you know, even if it's technically not necessarily the most efficient way of doing it, if it makes it cheap and easy. That's right. It, well, and and um, size, of course. I mean, if you if it doesn't matter that it that it has to have a very large building to do it in or a very large area to do it over. No. Um, that d- doesn't matter so much when it comes to grid storage. Well, if you're talking about um, that sort of thing, if you're talking about, right, well, we don't need these, you know, we're not going to use these coal-powered fire, you know, uh, coal-fired power stations, you know. Yes. Knock them down and fill the space with grid battery storage. Well, exactly. Exactly. And all, all that, not only that, I mean, if if you, if we go down the road, and it appears that we may go down to more local um electricity generation uh then you've got all that space is taken up by distrib- distribution plants and things like that well you know, i was going to say those... that's the other thing look at all those sort of huge um you know substations and, and things and you yes, know well i mean exactly. you're still going to want your pylons and cables but there's an awful lot of step up and step down stations all over yes certainly all over the well, uk if we, if we went to if we went to more local production because you, you know, do you know what i mean of 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 the yes yeah, if your if your grid storage is is smaller, but 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 more of it, as it were, uh, then the, you might you might be able to do without without transmitting it over cables because that's quite it's quite an inefficient way of transporting. Well, yeah, there is that, I guess you know. Um, um, so that's possible as well. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah a good series if you if you're interested in science and and it, right, it well, uh, in a very if you very give us a way. if you give us a link to that, then um, I will. I'll Nick put and I'll put the, it in I'll the show in notes. Um, wire. Yeah, I did see something about that, but I, I, it wasn't a very in-depth article, and it was just kind of new iron technology may revolutionise batteries. And you read so many yeah. of those that um, what was the other one I was reading about? Solid date glass batteries, I think, was another one I read about. Um, oh, they, yes, I have talked about glass as a as a um, not an anode as a as the conductive material. Okay, here, for what it's worth, Wikipedia, glass battery. The glass battery is a solid-state battery using a glass electrolyte and lithium or sodium metal electrodes. And it was invented by John B. Goodenough, who was the inventor of the lithium cobalt oxide and lithium iron phosphate materials used in lithium iron batteries. So, Uh that's interesting. Put that in as well, then, while we're talking about batteries. Might as well stick that in the show notes if anybody wishes to care. No. That one and any luck with the YouTube? I'm just trying. I've just tried clicking on the background, see if that works. Hold on a minute. Well, there's a link. Oh, that look. Yeah, that's his channel. Excellent. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Then there we go. Tidy that up. Later. There we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That's not uh, not very good listening to us. Our... No, that's all right. We can <laughs> you have to edit that. I'll edit that down <laughs> a little bit. Uh. Okay. Um. There we go. I think that's pretty much it on the Apple news. Um, oh, one more. Oh, there uh, was su- yeah, go on. Safari. Oh, well, it's Safari. It Safari. We skipped over, didn't we? Well, it's Safari. It's more of the same. Um, the Well, we talked about it last week as well. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, because I think it was literally, it was the fourth beta, and it had literally just been released because we recorded Monday, not Sunday. Um, that's right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they've the tab bar is now, you can have... You know, a more traditional tab bar, or you can have the compact tab bar uh, on the Mac. More things have oh, come. Good that, you good know, more things have come. Choice. Back. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
and also it won't suit everybody. sorry it won't suit everybody will it there... <laughs> no I, I like it when they get choice that's good yeah that um yeah the biggest changes appear to have been in the mac which is much more traditional um the tabs are however more like buttons they don't sort of they don't sort of seem to be attached to the page that you're viewing um oh, okay and the the one which is active is not really highlighted very much it could do with being um could do with having more contrast between the active and inactive ones but you know, i can live with that that's you know it it they're persisting with it but i think people are persisting in pushing back um <laughs> yes I, I, it's all, almost a case of change for the sake of change, and I, I'm not sure that they're going to win on that one. Oh, okay. uh, Interesting. Yeah. Last. Um, it's good that they're. It's good that they're listening, though. I think we've said that before. Yeah. It's good they're listening. It's to good the that they're listening. Users. Um, yeah. Apple is pulling the plug on some Siri support for apps, uh, according to iMore. Um, basically, they're deprecating uh, a bunch of Siri APIs. Um, it will end support for some CarPlay requests, list and notes, payments, photos, and requests ride booking services. Um, seems a bit odd. Not quite sure why. Um, CarPlay requests including setting audio source, changing climate settings, and changing the radio station. Um, payment apps will not let you pay a bill, search for bills, or transfer money using Siri. That I could kind of understand under a security. Um, yeah. This isn't just a matter of them deprecating something and replacing it with something else, is it? Uh, at the moment, it doesn't seem to be clear. Um oh, right. Strange. Uh, it says photos apps won't let you search for photos or start a photo playback. Um, it could be one of those. It could be that they're deprecating these and the new ones have not yet, you know, replaced them. Um, it is an unusual way to do it round, though. You'd normally replace them and then deprecate the old ones. Well, but we... yeah, but um, it says later this year. Perhaps, so uh, it... perhaps uh, I mean, it's possible, of course, that they've. Uh, uh, they they will have figures, won't they, over how much they're used? That and is it could true. Be that no, no, it could be that very few people use those APIs anyway. Yeah, or uh, or, or, or that people actually don't use them in you know in in the wild, as it were. Yeah, that, that is possible. So the APIs are there, but no one's using them. No one's um, actually using those commands very much. Very much, as it says here. Um... As noted, the information does not provide any information as to why Apple is removing these. Um, the headline is perhaps that ride booking apps like Uber, where you will no longer be able to uh, list ride options, request a ride, or get the status of your ride, cancel a ride, or send ride feedback using Siri. Um, I guess that means, you know, hey, S person, call me an Uber is no longer going to yeah. work. But, um as I never use Siri for anything like that. I think uh, uh, telling me the time is about all I ever use it for. <laughs> so, uh, so it's completely irrelevant to me. Yes, but, of no, uh, no. Yeah, it's relevant. unusual to let. It's a, unusual for them to take the stuff away, unless, as I say, it's just not being used. So. Well, the other the other thing is, it does say later this year, so you know it could be that they're warning they're people those it. are going to go away, and they will replace them with something else before they actually go away. Could be. Don't know. Could be. I'll be honest, I don't know, and that's a very, you know, the article itself is uh, quite thin. So that's pretty it much is, yes, it's quite that's short, pretty much it? all of the Apple news. Um, apart from one thing I'm going to skip 
forward to uh, the Worth of Chirps. Um, we had some feedback from Jim, which is, uh, we were talking about iCloud and iTunes accounts, and I said, I wish Apple would let us combine the iCloud and iTunes accounts into one. Um, apparently you can, but you must go to support webpage, click on the link to talk to an actual human being, and then they may be able to do the magic. And uh, he's given us the link, so the link is in there. And it's to do with uh, billing. So if you have a separate uh, iCloud and iTunes account and wish to merge them, um, that might be possible if you actually speak to somebody at Apple support. So. Yes, I must admit, when I saw this, I got very excited because I thought it meant merging iCloud accounts. <laughs> yeah. <I'd... laughs> and, and I'd love to be able to do that, but no, they won't do that. But they will do iCloud and iTunes. Yeah, yeah, so if you have, if you have, um, for whatever reason, you know, an iTunes account and then a, and a separate iCloud account, you may be able to merge those. Apparently, um, so uh, probably good. Yep. Uh, notable dates, as it were. Uh, people first drove on the moon fifty years ago today. Um, uh, the thirty-first of July marks the. Tw- 50th anniversary of the lunar roving vehicle's first outing. Apollo 15 astronauts Dave Scott and Jim Irwin took the car on a stint to collect samples and explore the lunar surface more effectively than they could on foot. So there you go. Those of you who remember watching the lunar buggy careen around the moon's surface. Um, I've seen I've seen one of those. Is it? London, I think it might be the London Science Museum's got a co- got a copy of one of those lunar mm. rovers. Um, so yeah, I have seen I have seen a copy of it. <laughs> it doesn't look particularly solid. No, <laughs> I'm sure it is, but uh, it, of course it didn't need to be very heavy. In fact, that's the last thing they would have wanted it for it to be too heavy. Yeah, that would be, they had to take know, it with them. They had to take it with them, <laughs> and I, I assume you know, even though they had some idea what the lunar surface was like, they don't want it too heavy. You don't want to bog down, do you? No, or take off. Indeed. No, or exactly the opposite. Yeah, bounce over the thing and take off. I remember. Um, I remember, you know, video from, I don't know, you know, but back in that period of one of the astronauts careening around in it, sort of doing, yes, sliding sidewards by, you know, turning hard into the into the corners on it, basically racing around like as fast as it would go, which probably not very fast really, but um, fast enough. In what, light there, light there are some, you, there are some, there are some YouTube videos around of. Um, using oh i can't remember the name of the software it's something to do with it the planets and and space and things i can't remember what it is um but it shows you can you can actually put a vehicle and then it shows the effect of being on the moon if it were on the moon right you you can drive the vehicle with under. the physics that that would be exist under the moon and and then you you can also do places like jupiter <laughs> where it just basically where it just goes flat straight away <laughs> squishes <laughs> yes don't try this uh, at home yeah. and other, other places like uh, you know other places like mercury where it almost takes off into outer space you know yeah <laughs> tiny little planet yeah interesting um yes the first Windows public beta is now available to download, according to uh, BGR. Um, uh, no, thanks. No. <laughs> Don't think I'll um, bother. You had to join the Insider Ring previously. 
The dev channel relays, uh, is not recommended for most users. The um, Microsoft has finally released the latter, which is into the beta channel, uh, which yeah. is as close to public beta as uh, Windows gets. They have a variety. If you're familiar with Windows, they have a variety of rings, which is like the dev ring, the beta ring, the um, fast track ring or something, and then the standard um, right, and you can, you know, depending on how brave you are or foolish, you can assign yourself to inside. Yes, considering the problems they've been having, I think I'll still stay well clear. Yeah, <laughs> and, until it's released properly. Um, and we were talking earlier about um, TSMC and their five nanometer process. Um, TSMC has got the green light for a two nanometer fab which it plans to have operational for 2024, according to the tech spot. Um, That's amazing. It's just, you know, it becomes uh, incomprehensible to the ordinary person, to be honest. Um, well, yeah, I mean, when you, when you see a chip and you, and you realise how many transistors are on that chip, <laughs> yeah, and a normal standard chip, which isn't really very big, and you, uh, yeah. I remember going to a, oh, now we are going back a long time now. When I was at school, each year, Birmingham University used to do like an open day and uh, and, see, and people in the sort of the latter part of their school lives could go for the day. And you had a number of things, lectures you could go to. Um, and I remember going to one really about, about um, microprocessors at the time. And they did this wonderful illustration of, of using um the the campus as the sort of starting point uh, and then they as they went through the years you got further and further out <laughs> so you start with the you start with the 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 just the campus and just the the roads on the campus and those are your, that your transistors are connected by those little bits uh, are those little roads and then you go out a bit further and now it's the whole city yeah <laughs> that it's in and 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 then it's the country that you're in <laughs> <laughs> yeah, etc. Is... etc. Et I mean, these days we're probably sort of we've got the size of the universe on a <laughs> on a sixpence. Amazing, really. Yeah, it, it absolutely, um, absolutely unbelievable. Um, sorry, that's showing my age as well. Sixpence, dearie me. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. Um, I believe uh, Intel said they were planning to do two nanometer. May even have started building a two nanometer fab i can't remember uh, oh no ibm it was ibm i believe who who built a two nanometer right. yeah. fab um or started on one um yeah so uh tsmc is planning to build a two nanometer chip fab in hisinchu by the look of it um sorry anybody listening who actually speaks chinese for my mangling um <laughs> they received the green light from the country's Environmental Review Committee to begin construction. The second phase where the foundry equipment is installed could start as early as 2023. Um, and they have plans for a second 2 nanometer gigafab, which could be established in Kaohsiung. Look at it. Uh, apparently, the secret source of their 2 nanometer process is gate all around transistors but the company is not prepared to reveal more details of course they're not thank you very much <laughs> um here we are apparently a pressing problem is the water need which is expected to be no less than ninety-eight thousand tons of water per day good grief 
TSMC has set a goal to use a 10% recycled water by 2025 and 100% recycled water by 2030. Yeah. I didn't realise it used so much water. That's amazing. Um, yeah, no idea what it uses all that water for cooling, I'm assuming. Um, oh, I don't know. But I don't know. Mm. We'll have to look that up. Uh, okay. So, you know, two nanometer process chips on the horizon. Maybe 2025, I'm thinking. Um, what did it say? It said something about the number of... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the typical target for the Gigafab would be 100,000 wafer starts per month. Um, and you get an awful lot of chips out of a wafer, by the way. I couldn't tell you how many, but it's a lot. According to uh, a very quick search on Google, semiconductor manufacturing, however, requires large volumes of ultra-pure water to avoid the contamination of electronic devices. Huh? That's not very clear, but... No, not very helpful. I not really tell you. No, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, some, something to do with keeping things nice and clean. There we are. Um, right, and we're pretty much through all of the stories, to be honest, G uh, Nick. Nick, not Jim. Jim's not here. Uh, um, that's all right, it's because I'm looking at the thing that says feedback from Jim. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> oh, I've got a, a, for just a snippet, I've got a just for fun from 9 to 5 Mac, which is what if Apple made Mac OS-based smartphones, tablets, and watches during the 90s, which is uh, you know an amusing sort of look at, uh, they've got a sort of, uh, well, what's, Obviously, it looks somewhere like uh, part the Newton of a, phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, Newton phone, uh, a watch with sort of OS seven um, UE on it. Um, <laughs> That's quite clever. Mac OS to go and, with a nine. And the Newton tablet. I like. I like the look of the Newton tablet. That's actually quite nice looking. Although yeah. it looks a bit thick. <laughs> it's very thick. But, uh, but having said that, I actually quite like, it, like the look of that. It's quite clever. Yeah, a clever kind of uh, say hello to Newton yeah. phone. Yeah. It's, uh, As you say, just for fun. Just for fun. It's a, uh, And those of us who are old enough to, you know, remember that design style um, and that yes. sort of, uh, yeah, the picture of, like you know, the, the, the tablet there is reminiscent of the lid of a um, power book of the time, kind of turned upside yes. down. Yeah. Um, yeah, nice, nice, fun, fun little article. So I thought that was worth mentioning. Um, and in the worth of shirt essential tips, um, I've got a couple of things. One is uh, related to something that um, Steve from Geeks Corner asked us in uh, in the Slack, which is uh, you know, as you may know, Steve lives in Wales, and he, he said, "Does anybody know if I was to travel to London by car, where should I?" park in order to avoid you know uh the congestion charge and so on um so i found for him um an article from park and ride london which says which tube station should i park at uh which mentions several places you can you know with decent sized car parks where you can park and then uh ride the tube into central london um interestingly enough on on that actual uh uh on that article it says from the east m4 uh i hate to tell you this park and ride london but the m4 is west of london uh, <laughs> um so it says from the north from the midlands from the east which actually should be from the west and from the south actually for those of us uh you know in the east uh there's no apparent uh thought we don't exist but there you go um east anglia doesn't exist anyway so one of those things and then to go with that um 
I found a tube station car park map from again from uh, Park and Ride London, which shows all of the car parks, uh, you know, in the um, London area uh, and capacity, for example, and costs. I think, and uh, oh, quite good. I've got a congestion charge zone map of PDF, which is a uh, from Transport for London, which uh, in conjunction with the other ones would show you which you know, which uh, car parks would fall outside the congestion zone so that you can um, find one suitable to park at and ride in on the tube. So, you know, uh, any of our UK listeners who are thinking of travelling to London by car and then doing the smart thing and uh, riding into town on the uh, on the tube, that might be some useful information. And for everybody else, sorry for wasting your time. Uh, <laughs> um and it's, uh oh and uh one here i can't remember who pasted this in i came across it and i think it might have been donny who posted but doesn't matter uh cnet have an article iphone users delete those annoying duplicate contacts once and for all here's how you don't have to deal with the icloud duplicate contact bug anymore we show you how to fix it so um yeah that's i might have a look at that myself i'm what i always seem to end up with lots of Lots of copies of the same thing for not yeah, really apparent reason. Um, I've tried de- deduplicating them a number of times and ended up losing contacts and all sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there you go. Uh, we tell, you know, CNET will tell you how to fix or remove all those annoying duplicates. And, oh, I might uh, go and have a look at that. That's pretty much it. I don't think we've got any more stories, Nick. So No. I, we'll wrap it up, I think. Seems Hokey like a sensible thing to do. We've got about an hour on the clock there. So uh, if you would like to tell people where they can find you. Yeah, they can uh, find me occasionally on YouTube. On YouTube? Well, yes, well, you can, can find me on YouTube. They can but... find you on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but what I meant was Twitter. Um, I'm Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. And you will hear me, hopefully, tomorrow evening on Bart's show. Indeed. And uh, unless I'm very quick, it's quite likely that Bart's show will be out before this one. because <laughs> It could be. Bart's <laughs> a bit prompter at getting the editing done. But there we go. Yeah, he likes to get it done the same night, doesn't he? He does. He does uh, I think he does a lighter edit than me. Um, I tend yeah. to go through and try and take out all the noises, like um, Jim playing with his sellotape in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and us us browsing the web and not yeah. saying anything. <laughs> yeah, or um, you know, yeah. Uh, one time when um Steve was on and I, it sounded like his wife was um unloading the dishwasher or something in the background. Oh, that's right. And, th- uh, and then there was the soundscape of me making a cup yes. of tea in the background. Yes, the yeah. <laughs> And, um, I do have a tendency to try and take those out, unless there, you know, unless there is a humorous uh, <laughs> humor to be gained from it. Uh, there we are. Indeed. So uh, uh, I will be on Bart's show tomorrow as well with Nick and Bart, and I'm guessing um, Linda. Quite You'll likely. get Linda if he can. Yes, yeah. Lee likes to get um, Linda on because it's the quarterly, uh, the quarterly earnings Linda. call. Yep. Linda Goucher, isn't it? Yes, Linda yep. Goucher, who's very good at um, breaking those things down uh, into every man. Understanding those pesky analysts. Yes, <laughs> and uh, telling us what it all means in layman's terms. Let's say that. Um, and you can find me, of course, on Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. The show is at Essential Apple. All of our stuff is over at um, Essential Apple 
gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, you know, everybody who supports the show by retweeting our things and generally spreading the word. We love you all. And uh, I think until next time, we'll all say goodbye. So cheerio for now. Bye-bye, folks. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say, if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even, if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcasts, and take a listen. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchotts, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Some people like their live casts to be informative, to the point, provocative, and timely. The Mac to the Future live cast is some of those things, but we won't say which ones. Join Dave Ginsberg, Guy Searle, and Warren Sklar for a weekly dose of Apple Fun every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Facebook or in the Mac to the Future Facebook group. Until then, goodbye.